Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our Joey Venucci episode. This episode, we are going to be talking to Joey Venucci from, from Indian Lakes about all things music. We'll start with from Indian Lakes, and we'll go through his newest side project that he's working on. You're going to hear a lot of fun questions and a lot of great answers. So stick around for the whole thing. It's going to be a fun episode. And uh, Nate, you ready to jump into it? Yeah, let's go. So if you like the music we're using on the episode, all the tracks are from Joey's Project Dides, which is one of the many things that we'll be talking about during the interview. But as we get started, we first wanted to share a clip from the rising artist Hala, who just released his new album Red Herring on May 1st. And it's a great album. It's consistent. It's catchy. It's dynamic. It's pretty much all the things you want in an album. And so this is one of the many, many, many killer tracks, and it's called Somehow. She's got me running for my So welcome. Today we have Joey Venucci with us. Many of you listening will probably know Joey through his band Fermidian Lakes. But today we'll be talking uh, to Joey not just about Fermidian Lakes, but also some other music stuff he's got going on. So hi, Joey. How you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up? So we'd actually like to start out by playing this game called How Blank Are You? So today it's called How Joey Venucci Are You? And we'll be asking this or that type questions. And, you know, we're only around 30 seconds into our relationship with you and we're just trying to test the waters before we feel comfortable taking our relationship to the next level maybe asking some more personal questions just to figure out what type of dude you are so is that cool with you sure all right so andrew you get started all right so coffee or tea that's tough is it like for life yeah i guess i don't know we didn't put stipulations (laughs) on it however you want to answer it i drink both every day so i Guess I'm gonna go coffee. Man, that's tough. Tiger King or King James? And I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is gonna be. <laughs> Does that mean like LeBron James? Yes, as a Warriors fan, I'm know which way you're leaning. <laughs> you know, I can see why you'd think that, but you know, life outside of Twitter, you know, people, real basketball fans, we we respect LeBron James, even if we want him to lose. Almost always. <laughs> and, you know, if I had to hang out with LeBron James or the Tiger King, I think it's pretty obvious which one I would choose. So, Joe Exotic, baby. Sure. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. No, I know, thank I know, you. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Even though, like, you know, I wish him all the best, but he seems pretty not great. <laughs> <laughs> That's putting it lightly. All right. Twin Peaks or Stranger Things? Oh, Twin Peaks, for sure. Easily. I'm just going to mention that uh, you recently played, well, 
not Wicked recently, but in Boston at um, Middle East Upstairs, and you actually commented about how Twin Peaksy the room felt. I don't know if you at all remember that. Tour can be a fog. but I think I do kind of remember that just because I do have a, a weird memory about that room. Yeah, so I, I was assuming you were going to lean that way. And that's kind of more more your vibe, I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Stranger oh, Things, but, you know, Twin Peaks is, is on that whole other level, you know? Oh, definitely. Some damn good coffee, as you noted earlier. Baseball parks or national parks? Uh, national parks, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I love going to baseball games, but it's more about, it's like if you told me that I could go hang out anywhere and eat hot dogs and drink beer it's like (laughs) that it's not really about the baseball you'd rather be at yosemite doing that yeah exactly all right spring or fall and i guess this would be like if you could actually be out the spring experiencing yeah definitely. (laughs) right you know there is something about the spring around like just after sunset kind of vibes in that perfect like with a blanket on a porch or something, but fall is nice. I'm going to go spring. Sweet. Apple Music or Spotify? Uh, Spotify. Yeah, no disrespect. Assuming you could actually go out of your home very often, take out or dine in? Um, you know, I live with a chef, so dine in would be <laughs> what legally I'm obligated to say that. <laughs> Reading or writing? Um, I guess reading. I, I've read a lot, and I don't really... I know people always follow this up with something really complimentary because I've written a lot of songs, but I don't really... have never considered myself a great writer, so... In the studio or on tour? Jeez, that's tough because right now, <laughs> being on tour sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. But normally I would say in the studio, I... I am classically what some would call a studio rat. So this is a tough one. You don't have to pick. Andrew and I, I mean, it's close for us, but we both have come to the same conclusion. And you don't have to answer again. I want to point that out. Everything feels better now or absent sounds? Um, I mean, I think that everything feels better now. It's nicer to listen to. And I think that the songwriting is probably stronger. Um, I think Absent Sounds is interesting and very, I like the way a lot of it was done, but yeah, probably everything feels better now. Just, just because I think I tapped into something that's very listenable. I think that one ages better personally. Mm, We agree. Again, it's close. It's a a tough one. It's close. All your records are, are neck and neck. I think it's mostly vocally. The Absent Sounds, you know, recording in that studio for those couple records, the vocally, I listen to those songs, and I think that they'd be so much better if I was had a little more confidence in mm. doing things the way I wanted to do them instead of doing whatever anybody was saying, like, was like, okay, that's the take, you know what I mean? And yeah. Now when I listen to the vocal takes... I just think it's a little saucier than is really like appropriate for a lot of the songs and not really 
necessarily a great example of my personality. Yeah, it's basically for us, it's like, which kid do you like more? And neither of us have kids, so those albums are like our adopted kids. <laughs> nice. That's what I was going for. Well, one thing I noticed, and we don't want not to spend all, all our time on this one question, but That's there's okay. a lot of melodies on Everything Feels Better Now I was expecting you to do that you just didn't. Like, especially when you would go high and then you'd drop a lot on Absent Sounds where right. and I, i'm not a music guy so i have a hard time explaining it but you go oh like you you drop it <laughs> off a lot and again sorry right. i apologize uh, it's disrespectful that's fine i think um, this is fun but uh you like you wouldn't do that like on um losing myself i'm sorry i'm like yeah. you get nervous is that that's the track title name correct lose myself uh, that's yeah. what it is. that's close enough like rather than drop like I'd expect you to do, you you went higher and you lifted it up. Like it just it yeah, and that's I like mean, a very singular instance, but sometimes it's interesting too because absent sounds and everything feels better now are it, you know, when I showed some of my nerdier studio friends, they were like, Wow, I can't believe you're gonna put this out. And up until that point, I hadn't really thought that it was I'm just like cruising along you know it's it's a natural progression but obviously everybody who listens is not there every day on the journey so they don't see that progression but when they would say they said that like right before it came out i had a couple friends especially one friend he i remember he was like man people are going to be so upset and i was like <laughs> and i was like first off that's such a crazy thing to tell an artist right before an album comes out that's kind of had a little bit of hype and there was like some like pitchfork and different people were like saying nice things and it was like i thought like okay here we go like everything's going great i can't believe it and then people were like this is so different and i hadn't really thought about it but it's it's a lot simpler than people like uh, being in that studio and being with someone who was like kind of really straight with me about certain songwriting crutches he was like his name was kevin and he has produced like some amazing like massive indie albums and he would just say stuff like this song i get the dynamics i think they're cool but you go up and down too much and he would just say like it's boring like instead of making it interesting to him he would hear it and and think that he's listening to something that's not strong enough to just exist and i'd be trying to distract from the fact that i just couldn't write a good enough bridge into the next thing or whatever you know what i mean so him saying those kinds of things along the way like you realize okay well i either need to just rewrite this till it's good enough instead of trying to write some weird riff to break it up or have everything drop out and get really loud and really quiet and all that kind of stuff that album was just about trying to be a little more straightforward but try to have it still be from Indian lakes but maybe not do the stuff that I'd come to know almost in like a mainstream pop sense. I kind of knew what would work no matter what. And so risk it and kind of not use those crutches. So that's kind of what, what you were talking about. It's like, that's why when you'd think I was going to do that thing, that that's like the whole point you had come to expect that. And instead I was trying to say, well, I don't have to do that. Hopefully. 
All right, so we have one final this or that type of question, and this one just needs a little context. So I am from Philly. Nate is from Boston. And so we're just going to ask you, Philly or Boston? <laughs> that's uh, I feel like that's a, a trap, kind of. It's <laughs> definitely a trap. We ask this one every single time just to trap everyone we interview. I mean, it's really tough. I have more friends in Philly. So maybe if I was going to go somewhere between the two, I'd probably go to Philly because um, some of my closest friends live there, like the Queen of Jeans homies and some of the Balance homies and the Circa dudes. And there's just there's a bunch of people over there. So Boston, I have a couple friends, but not as much. So I'll just go by that. Sorry. That's okay. Joey, I say this every time. You might be like, I don't know how many people we've interviewed. I've lost count. Not that we've interviewed millions of people, but... <laughs> We're not good at counting. Yeah, no, we struggle. <laughs> not a single person has picked Boston yet. And I've just been devastated every time. You guys are having a rough... Uh, oh, a rough and yeah, the last show, interviewer though. brought this up too. Yeah, you you're, you're having... It's just how it goes. You're, you're oh, having a string of bad things here. And Philly, you know... We didn't lose anyone like Tom Brady. I mean, but you don't have any. Yeah. Well, I gotta. Say, we never had Tom Brady. So. I, I do. You know, I gotta say, I'd rather be on the Celtics. That's true. That's very much true. You're saying that it's not fun to be a Sixers fan right now. I just think They're the imploding. Sixers. It's are, not fun. I'm being yeah, completely honest. It, it feels like a train wreck. Every season, the last like, well, I shouldn't say every season. I'd say the last three seasons. Uh, all the conversations I have with my Philly friends about basketball are pretty much the same at the beginning of the season. They're like, here we go. Yep. Let's go. Like this, like it's a wrap. We're too big. We're too strong. Like we're going to dominate. And then they're exactly. like, why is blank person playing so badly? Or, you know, it's like fill in the blank depending on it's either Simmons is having a weird run or um, Embiid is I don't know what that guy's doing, but yeah, he's an interesting man. Yeah, but now that now that Kyrie's gone, I'm all about the Celtics again. Yeah, I know. I thought he was gonna be our savior, and he turned out to be a, a poison. I knew he wasn't gonna be. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should have let me down before he did. I would would taken the news much better from you. If you watched him on the Cavs before LeBron got there, you would have known. Like if you if you knew him pretty well, his stats and kind of watched a lot of those games, you'd know that him leaving because he wanted to lead a team was bad news for a, a really promising young Celtics crew that definitely yeah. didn't need somebody like him trying to lead them. Yeah. Oh man. I kind of want to just talk about basketball the rest of the interview. But, <laughs> I mean, Hey, but we got more whatever you want. stuff. It's right? whatever you want, man. I mean, I, <laughs> I talk about whatever. I, uh, that's how it is when ball is life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, continuing with the interview, usually we transition from our Boston and Philly question to talking about upcoming tours, and unfortunately, that's no longer the case with anyone, including yourself, because of COVID-19. So how have you been handling the pandemic personally? You know, like a lot of introverts, I am thriving, <laughs> to be honest. My wife and I are both like we could exist this way forever probably so and we definitely feel so extremely lucky to be feeling that way um 
versus having some intense family or financial hardships to be going through right now. So we just feel so lucky that we don't have anything kind of burying us and that we're can kind of just, I mean, we're definitely having to sort of figure it out, but we feel fine and fine right now is as everyone's learning, being fine is like being amazing throughout this whole thing, you know, because some people are going through such terrible times. So I'm good. I'm just chilling. So you had at least one show lined up and I'm sure you were planning on more in the future. How much of a bummer was it to have to cancel that show? And also how was it doing the performance on Instagram live instead? Um, <laughs> it's stuff like this is funny because with my personality, it's like I was going on a trip and I was at the airport and then my flight gets canceled because of weather. And even though I'm disappointed that the trip's not going to happen, I also, as with my personality, there's like this intense feeling of relief that I don't have to go. <laughs> so that's kind of how I felt about the show. I was like, everyone was like, man, like that sucks. I'm so sorry. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, it probably would have been cool when I was doing it, but I can't help but just be like, all right, now I just get to stay home. And doing the Instagram thing, I mean, again, I know I'm, people probably don't want to hear artists say this kind of stuff, but I mean, the two Instagram live streams I've done are like the best shows I've ever done. I mean, having no crowd is like, it's awesome. I mean, I, I've always had a good amount of stage fright. And so being able to have, you know, the worst is like comments that I can just ignore. And it's just feels great. And people seem surprisingly into the streams and everybody's so supportive and I like seeing what people want to hear and instead of people shouting at me I can just read comments and say like oh yeah I'll try to play that one and then maybe I just play like halfway through it and go I, I don't know the rest I can't remember and then it's like that's fine now so it's pretty cool. Do you think that because of doing these Instagram live things more out of necessity, obviously because of COVID-19, do you think that even once we're through this whole pandemic, do you see that being a part of how music is presented? And do you find that maybe to be a possible thing for your own career to, to actually be introducing new music or playing more type of Instagram live shows in the future? Well, I have been enjoying, I always thought that I kind of, wanted to be sort of aloof in for you know the first several years of my career and just kind of do what I needed to do and that's it on social media but with this um I've actually really enjoyed kind of connecting more with the audience through socials you know posting a cover song that's stuck in my head and kind of realizing that if you do things and it's genuine and you're just kind of like connecting with people and it's not about I'm obviously not like using a bunch of hashtags and trying to like become an Instagram celebrity you know it's like I'm just sort of bored and have people who actually follow me because they like my music so it's like all right so it feels really good to connect with people in those ways and I don't really know what's going to happen I think that everybody's going to want to tour as soon as possible and so yeah. I think that Right now, I, I was talking to my management, and we were kind of discussing how, at first, the small clubs will open up first 
because they'll probably have some restrictions on the larger gatherings. So that could actually give a leg up to artists like me who draw a few hundred people versus like thousands. Or it could be even worse and all of the bigger artists think that it's really fun to play tiny places. So depending on what happens, the smaller indie artists like myself might not be able to tour because we can't get any venues booked for like, I just hope people were prepared for somebody like me not to be able to tour for, I mean, it could be like a year and a half, two years after we're able to where Mm. promoters are just swamped with all the biggest artists. So we'll see if that happened, then I'm sure we'd all keep streaming, but I I don't really know what's going to happen. And maybe it won't be that way at all. So with you being stuck at home, has the virus impacted your songwriting at all? Or has that remained pretty consistent with how things were going before the virus? Um, I've sort of purposely tried to just kind of keep doing my thing. And I think that anybody who's doing things too on the nose right now is going to maybe regret their stuff might get, it's like people making songs about Trump or something. You know, I, I think that like 20 years from now, hopefully that stuff isn't super dated. So I tend to just kind of do my thing and not really worry about that stuff. And people making songs about this and politics and all that, like it could be, you know, maybe like the way Bob Dylan saying about politics, like they could just be classics, but I don't know. It's just not what I do anyway. So. Do you feel like not being able to get out of the house as much, your inspiration is flourishing or it's kind of difficult with different types of experiences and being more isolated and stuff? Mm, I think right now I'm not being as productive writing wise as I normally would be. So that's, I tend to try to be as productive in other ways as possible so that you know you're sort of like can't wait to get back to your ideas so i think i am gonna have to kind of shift how i do that because right now it's like all day i could be writing and recording and that's not really how i operate so i'll probably have to figure something out pretty soon but right now because i just finished a lot of stuff and it just got mastered and everything and so now is the kind of luckily is naturally it already is kind of a period of letting my brain just hang out for a bit so you're in between labels right now you've kind of been hinting at that as well how has the virus complicated that process for you um that's tough because labels are doing really well they're not necessarily like shouting that from the rooftops or anything because they don't necessarily want to put that vibe out. But, I mean, labels are doing crazy well. People are streaming and buying and supporting artists more than ever. And they also got big amounts of money from various people for aid and all that. So they're like, it's not like they're not signing anyone or not doing anything. So I don't know. I mean, it seems pretty normal to me as far as, like, the label chats go. It is weird not to say hey, um, you know, this person wants to meet you and chat with you, so take the train downtown to blank label office and, like, chat with them. So that's not happening. So that feels weird. So it's, like, doesn't really feel super real. But I don't know. 
we'll see. I imagine again the way I my personality, like who knows? I'm fine with not signing to anyone if something doesn't make sense. So no worries. So we know that the pandemic has been rough on a lot of people and a lot of industries. Obviously, the music industry, with especially touring, has been a rougher part. So what are some of the best ways to support you and other people in music during this time? Um, I mean, obviously, there's the streaming and all that, which people have been awesome. And people have been going on websites and buying lots of merch, and that's great. You can also just directly Venmo or Cash App artists right now. I'm pretty sure most of them have that stuff available somewhere or just look up their names and things like that. That's like a pretty great way to help. Yeah, people have been insanely generous to me. It's It's been really awesome to actually be able to contribute to the bills and all that during all this. People have been super supportive. And I think now they're even letting people put the donation options on people's Spotify profiles and things like that. I know I saw an email about that. So yeah, you know, merch is great, but you do have to split that up with your team, however that breaks down and all that. So if people want to just give directly to artists, that's obviously that's always going to be the best way to support. So you've been one busy boy. What (laughs) I mean, starting with dimly lit last year, and then you have Fresh Cut Flowers with your Project Dides this year with that instrumental record. And then now you're doing, it seems like you're starting a whole new project on Instagram on your Joey Venucci account. And I don't know what that's going to turn into. But first talking about Dimly Lit, you had a tour which followed, which was incredible. I think I've seen every show you've done in Boston. And this was probably my favorite show just because... I felt like you guys were having so much fun. I think everything was really refined, and you guys were just having a blast. I think probably Queen of Jeans being with you helped make it even more fun, as well as Yum being with you. So yeah, that tour was incredible. But first, how was the process of making Dimly Lit? How did the release go for you? How did you enjoy that process of releasing it? And then lastly, how how was the tour? Yeah, the process was cool. It kind of felt like, at first, it was kind of just business as usual, as far as the writing and production went, but not needing to get into a studio because my engineering and production had finally kind of gotten to a point where my sessions, the quality was just good enough, you know, where I could not have to go to a studio like on Everything Feels Better Now and replace whatever wasn't good enough. So that was cool. And I was trying to mix it myself, but wasn't quite there yet not even close actually (laughs) i mean it sounded good but when and i had friends and family that were like this is it it's done and then i'd show it to um labels or engineers and they'd be like okay but it needs to be mixed better and i'd be like "Ooh." so (laughs) it was really awesome actually i was pretty close to signing with this pretty massive label for the album and the discussion just kind of went in a direction that I wasn't really into. So, but one thing that was awesome about it was that they connected me to David Tolomey, who did like Beach House and uh, my friend Nandi's albums, and uh, her stuff is Half Wave. And so that was a cool thing. And he was like, please let me mix the album. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to sign with anybody and I don't have any money. And he was like, 
let's figure it out. So he was really cool. It still cost a ton of money, but <laughs> like for somebody who's just like some guy, but it sounds awesome because of him. So it's, so that, that was awesome. And he obviously added a lot of indie cred to the mix because yeah, so that's, that's awesome. And it helped that Nandi sings on the album and a bunch of other cool people. And so it just felt like everything was in its right place and all of that stuff. The universe was kind of doing its thing. So that was awesome. And then, and then he connected me uh, with the mastering studio and she's awesome. And uh, yeah. And then it was just like, okay, we're not going to sign with anyone. So um, my wife who works in food and handles a lot of like social media marketing and food styling and all this different stuff. We're like, okay, we'll just sit down and build a rollout schedule ourselves and just give that to our team and just say like, okay, just do this. And all the stuff we've ever wanted to do that I, that the labels would always not let me do or thought they knew better that after the fact would always sort of as expected be not the way that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like instead of being like, okay, here's a song and a video, but we need to get a feature with like NPR some website and then you post that feature to your socials and say hey click this link to go to this article to this other person's website you know it's like instead let's just give the video directly to our fans mm. or the song and as expected it would always just go so much better so the rollout was awesome and felt really good and feels like the fans and everybody just everything kind of worked the way it was supposed to. So that was awesome. And then pretty much as soon as the album was finished, I sent it to my friends in Queen of Jeans and I was like, all right, let's do the tour. And they were like, <laughs> sounds good. And that was, it was as easy as that. And then my sound guy, who's been my best friend for, since we were kids, um, my front of house guy, I had helped him with producing a bunch of songs and he was like, I'll do front of house, but can I also play some songs at the beginning of the set? And I was like, just get your stuff ready and give your project a name and get going. And I'll just put you on the tour and we'll just kind of get your project kind of jump started. And that's, yum. and so pretty much everybody on the bill were truly like without exaggeration, like really, really close friends. So it was mm -hmm. like the best tour of all time and all the shows without any label support or anything we're just like people came out and the rooms were full and it was just so great so yeah it was awesome i loved it do you feel like with how well every and i'm not saying it's been easy i'm sure it's been difficult but with how well things went without a label it gives you encouragement and a little bit extra patience as you move forward knowing that you're capable of handling this with your support system around you and stuff? I think that since the first day I ever started writing and playing music, you're always learning a ton. If you have some humility and you just kind of say like, okay, I don't know anything. Everybody else knows everything. And you kind of go with what the universe shows you. I think that, Every tour, every album release, you always learn a lot of that stuff, and you always can kind of look back on what you do differently. So this kind of did show me 
okay, you can do it without a label. It can go incredibly well to a certain extent. Like it didn't go as well as if these other people over here had like 500,000 to a million dollars to blow it up. You know what I mean? It's like, but you look at the numbers and you say, okay, I have 60,000 followers on Spotify and most of them streamed these songs as we were rolling it out. And the room, the response has been very positive and the rooms were pretty full at the shows and like some of the shows sold out. And so you, you say to yourself, like, it could always be better, but this was really good. This was, like, better than most people will do in their lives. And you just are like, and I'm okay with that. And so if you say to yourself, I'm good with that, and you want to do that again, then that's great. Then you have you could do that for the rest of your life, and you'd have a successful career. But it just helps going into meetings and conversations with a label and if they say cool we want to take like 80 percent of everything and we'll kind of throw you a bone and not a big budget and we also don't love the music or get it that much but you know we're a label so we'll see what happens it's like you can walk out of that conversation and say to your management like you know tell them thanks but no thanks you know yeah so it all it all kind of works together in different ways, but you, you have to just kind of step back and detach from what the world says is like how things are supposed to go. And you just have to look at what makes sense and then try to navigate through it that way. So moving on to the next project you'd been working on, you just recently released fresh cut flowers under the name Dides. How did that project come about? Well, so Trey has been touring with me for several years, and it's his clothing label, Fresh Cut Flowers, which is why, like, my entire wardrobe, most of the time, people see me, I'm wearing all this different Fresh Cut Flowers stuff, because he basically uh, dresses me at this point. (laughs) He's always sending me everything. I'm, like, texting him when he releases a new batch of stuff. I'm like, where's my gear? Like this, this and that is sick. Where is it at? And he also was designing and printing my Fermentian Lakes merch for a long time. And now it basically, it's like him exclusively making all of my stuff. So him and I are really close. And so he was doing stuff and he wanted to make some content and he needed some music to use for like social videos and different stuff like that. And I was like, I'll just make you some music so you don't have to pay anyone. And I am writing and recording songs every day anyways. And so this will be fun. So I ended up making this like 13 track album that actually ended up being like kind of deep and having a lot of like dynamic to the kind of electronic lo-fi beats vibe. And so it kind of turned into this really cool thing that gave us both a lot of joy because he really... I think he made some of his best art for the artwork and for his clothing that kind of the collab, it kind of became this cool collab in that way. So yeah, a lot of fun putting it out. I don't think, I mean, it's not something that I think is like, you know, it was nice to just throw something out there that I didn't have to, after all of the work of Dimly Wit, I didn't have to care as much about this. So it was cool. So, you also have some acoustic stuff you've done on Instagram Live, and you've asked 
people very kindly if they like what you're doing with Ferminium Lakes and they want to continue to support and follow you as an artist to follow your personal account, which you have Joe Van or Joey Venucci. It seems to be kind of an amorphous unspoken like maybe the beginnings of something type of thing uh do you mind like elaborating on that and the songs that you released on instagram and all that stuff yeah i mean i was like working on whatever was going to be the next phil album but when i say that i just mean that i'm always writing and recording and and so you make a song and you say oh yeah this i'll put this in this folder and start to put things in that folder and maybe it'll start shaping into what sounds like could be the next album. But then um, I was writing these songs that kind of didn't feel like they wanted to be pulled in that direction. And so I was trying to add layers and kind of do what I usually do with some of these songs. And then I was like, I really wanted to say, okay, what's like the simplest songwriting I can possibly do? So like write a verse and a chorus and record it and I'm not allowed to do, like, a bunch of harmonies or, like, a bunch of beats or any of the stuff that could maybe mask or distract from a song maybe needing to just be better at its very simplest. And so I kind of have this handful of songs that are... It definitely feels like me, but it's... I think it'd be kind of foolish to put it under the Ferminium Lakes name. So that's kind of what is being kind of chopped around a little bit right now as I ended up finishing an album of songs in that energy. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Again, I don't do anything. I don't believe in having an idea and being like, this is what I'm going to do no matter what. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm letting the universe kind of guide me with it, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm definitely going to start putting those songs out soon, whether I'm on a label or not. So, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm excited because I think that they are, even just what I've posted on social media and stuff, people seem like that was the other thing. It's like most of the time people's favorite for Minion Lake songs are kind of in that simple spirit anyway. So I was like, why not just um, let them do their thing, these songs and people are going to just friends and family reassuring me that people are going to dig them no matter what. So, so yeah, if you don't mind me asking, you said, And I know this gets into the nitty gritty and you might not feel comfortable answering. And just like you said, you're kind of letting the universe take over. So you might not know exactly for sure what it's going to look like. But you said album. Is that like ballpark, like in that 10 song range, not an EP type thing? Um, I don't really like EPs. So I think I'm with you, man. Thank you so much. (laughs) This is why you're a favorite artist. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's one of those details since you mentioned it every label you talk to they'll say cool you have all these songs like let's put out an ep first like they all want to do stuff like that because to them it's like the more you can break down your content and then i'll say like well why don't we just put out a song or two and see how we feel and they'll say you know people in the industry are like well you're cool with that but not an ep and it's like an ep is totally different than putting out a couple songs that are eventually on an album It's like, for instance, let's say you have the Mona Lisa and showing a few songs is like scraping back a few pieces of paper that's covering the art. Releasing an EP sometimes would be like cutting it in half and just being like, well, here you go. It's not that full 
project, that full thought, that full art piece in my mind often. And there's really no benefits to putting on an EP. The industry doesn't take it seriously. You know, Pitchfork and NPR and whoever, they're not going to take it seriously because it's an EP. They would take it more seriously if it was one song and an eventual album. And fans don't really take it as seriously because eventually they're looking at all of your albums and the EP becomes kind of a afterthought. And when I'm listening to people's EPs, I usually can tell why. I feel like it becomes too transparent why it is an EP. It's too easy to figure out why this is an EP rather than it's like, okay, these sound like B-sides, you know, or demos or something. Or maybe it sounds like they just didn't want to keep writing or I don't know. So I'm not that into NEP unless it is like a bridge to something else. Yeah, Andrew and I hear you loud and clear on that. We're vibing for sure. Do you have, you might not even have a name for it. Do you have a favorite song you've written so far for that project? Uh, it's tough. I thought I did, but friends and family kind of all have different favorites so far because I always kind of pass around whatever I'm working on with people. And so and it, it affects the way you hear something when you hear somebody else say what they like about a particular song or what they don't like. like someone I was working on one of the new songs and I remember my wife hearing it and saying like, oh, that's nice. And I was like, yeah, what do you think? She was like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I would like listen to it again if i heard it and i was like okay <laughs> kind of a, she was like i like it but it's not you know like a banger or something and i was mm-hmm. like okay and then she really liked some of the other songs and then the first couple friends i showed it to one of them was like oh this song is my favorite it's great like needs to be the one and it was that same one so it's like all of that kind of shapes the way you as the artist look at things you know so i don't know i think my favorite it depends on the mood i guess so all the songs are like as different as they could be on the album so it's um yeah i don't know sorry no no that hey that that's a that's an answer in and of itself that's great cool so you were actually talking about EPs, which made me think of the Wanderer EP. And some of the songs on that EP are a little bit different than maybe normal from Indian Lakes. And so would you say that some of those songs might actually feel closer to maybe what this new project, this side project, would feel like now? Or is that kind of not the feel or vibe that you feel like you're going for with this solo project? Um I mean, I think some people would say that and some people wouldn't. I think it just depends on what, like if you said, oh, there, this is like acoustic guitar, so it's the same. Then, you know, then you could definitely say that. But somebody else might hear it and hear that it's a little more, I think that the Wander EP is like very from Indian Lakes and its tone and its lyricism mm. and a lot of the like progression and the beats and stuff like that so this new stuff is is a little less bring the vibes down it's it's like there's a lot of positive energy there's a lot of it's a little twangier at times there's like guitar solos there's piano it's like i don't know i mean i i like the wanderer ep and again it's like i just said i don't like eps but that (laughs) was like that's like i said unless it's like a bridge or something like that was a particular situation where the label was kind of asking for another album and i was like well i don't have anything yet 
and they were like, well, you're taking too long, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I have these few songs that were kind of around for a minute throughout the previous albums because I was trying to make just like complete big indie rock albums. And so that's kind of how that came about. And it was like, it was like, Oh, does this count as an album on our contract? And they were like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, let's do it, you know? And so, and it ended up going really well. And I think it shaped the, for many like discography and sound in this really cool way where it sort of leads to where I can do Instagram live streams on an acoustic guitar. And I don't think anybody would even think twice about it, which has been something throughout the years. It's been awesome for, for me to just show up somewhere with an acoustic guitar and people are like, I thought that this was going to be a big rock band. It's like, they're like, Oh, this is what this is. Like, that's awesome this is one of the things that is part of for many links. That's great. You know, and that's, I'm really lucky to have that. So it seems from the videos you've posted that a lot of these songs will be on the acoustic and, but then I think back to times like when you posted the acoustic for garden bed way before dimly lit was released and it sounded so naturally and so purely in a beautiful acoustic like softer song and then the first time i heard it live it has so much energy it's um it's vibrant it the ending is so chaotic and not at all what you'd expect and you kind of just started to comment on these newer songs how it seems like you're saying they're not gonna remain simply acoustic or Maybe the ones you showed will, I don't know, but the album won't be strictly acoustic. Do you mind elaborating more on what some of the vibes and the feelings and the soundscape is for the project? Well, like I said, it's it's really simple, but it doesn't necessarily mean there's acoustic. I mean, there are a lot of acoustic guitars and pianos and things like that, but, you know, there's plenty of electric guitar and keyboards and things like that. But it's just a little more like centered around the vocals in a way that's a little more about the song itself than necessarily like I feel like for many like songs are about the tone and the energy as much as they are about the actual lyrics and melodies and stuff. This is a little less in that way and it's it's more about the core of each song. So definitely nothing as high energy as a song like Garden Bed. I mean, that's like a real rocker. And um, and Miri's vocals are like otherworldly. So I wish I could sing like her, but <laughs> she has like the greatest voice of all time. So I think uh, when I saw you guys play in Rhode Island with Balance and Queen of Jeans, I hadn't heard of them before. I was big into Balance and to uh, the things we think we're missing. And then obviously I was big into you. And I just left that show obviously extremely impressed with you guys and with Balance, but extremely surprised by them and her vocal performance. It She just, like, blew me away. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the great things about being on tour with them is that friends and family would say, would ask about the shows and different stuff, and I could say, but, you know, you have to watch Queen of Jeans. You have to hear her sing because... It was like a 100% guarantee 
no matter what, I'd be getting a text at least once from somebody later about how she just blew their minds. It was like, I had never been on tour with anyone that made me look like such a absolutely like average singer. It was just like, <laughs> I mean, I'd never felt that feeling before coming on stage and just being like, well, like, this is my voice. Like, this is as good as it gets. You know, and like, <laughs> I'd never felt that feeling as strongly as coming on stage after she was singing. It was ridiculous. So with the newer project, it seems like, as you said, you won't be releasing it under From Indian Lakes. With that, it's a new artist name. There's probably going to be less streams, less listens. That kind of can be discouraging as an artist. How do you handle streams and likes as affirmation as an artist? And where do you find you get your self-worth musically as an artist within all that? I mean, you can't put too much weight into it. Sometimes you should. You know, maybe there's maybe someone's comparing you to another artist and maybe you know enough to see if some of their numbers are kind of empty or something. You know, it's like, oh, this person that just opened for you is now so much more popular than you and they're like doesn't that suck and and maybe you can see their numbers and you're like actually i don't know if this is really a realistic way to look at how popular they are because they're on some playlist and you know maybe they draw like 10 people and you saw that because the promoter told you or like there's like certain little numbers here and there that kind of start to thread a realistic picture of the industry and artists over time. And so at this point, I kind of know enough to know what's good and what's bad and what equals what can actually pay your bills and things like that. And at this point with Ferminian Lakes, I can live a comfortable life and my bills are paid and it's great. And it feels cool to have sort of built it from the ground up and have it be dimly lit that rollout kind of showed me that people will continue to support and people were very vocal about being like, you know, love what you do. Like we'll never stop supporting you. And that's awesome for any artist. And so this next stuff, I think that building it that way is allowing me to do what I'm now doing where I'm able to put out these other things and kind of use for Minion lakes to, if I do do something else, I can use what I've built with from Indian Lakes and and kind of get little head starts in these other ways, you know, like when I put out the Fresh Cut Flowers album, being able to put something like that out and then have people stream it a few thousand times immediately. Like somebody might view that as very tiny in the grand scheme of things, but you have to imagine that, you know, I don't have any deal, like that's all 100% me for... Mm the rest of my life and it'll continue to build and that kind of jumpstart you know if some random diy artist just put out some songs they probably would have to work really really hard to get a few thousand people to listen to that in the first week or two you know what i mean so as long as you kind of like i said it's i learned from people that i admire very early in my career that if you kind of have some perspective and you have some humility it's like that kind of stuff if i assume that a few hundred people will show up for Ferminian lakes and i did a tour um as a new kind of solo looking different kind of 
simpler project. And I would say, okay, I'm going to assume that 50 people will show up of the few hundred that usually show up. That's probably 35 more people than most artists who just are doing things DIY could do, you know? So mm. keeping that in mind, that's, that's great, you know? And that's very like, that's low trying to like keep things very, very low. You know what I mean? So I'm not really worried about um, streaming and all that stuff in the sense of some of these artists are a little too preoccupied with that stuff. For me, it's like, can I put out something and a thousand people are interested? That's like any business. They usually say like, if you have a thousand customers. So like as an artist out of like 50 or 60,000 fans who like from Indian Lakes, if a thousand of them like whatever I do on the side, and if I go to each city and there's like 50 to 100 people, that's like, to me, that's a great life, you know? So I know touring right now is kind of up in the air with, with everything, but would you expect to be touring with this new side project? Yeah. I mean, I guess it just depends on how it goes. If people are like, this sucks, we hate it, <laughs> then, and, you know, nobody cares and nobody listens to it and all that stuff. You know, I'm not a fool. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. I'd be like, send a tweet, LOL, like, me too. I didn't even care. Who cares? <laughs> 2020, just, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, this was just a fun joke. Back to for many lakes, everybody, and then they'd be like, "Yeah, he was just kidding. We knew it, you know." Like I'm, I'm not an idiot. Like, like when when the Wonder EP came out, um, that was like the highest grossing tour for many lakes has ever done. Which is yeah, and it's because the costs were so low because it was some such a small setup, and like I said, I think that. A lot of Fermenting Lakes fans kind of like when things are stripped away and simple, even though they like the other stuff and it's all within context. I think that people tend to gravitate towards songs like The Bells and all that stuff for a reason. So, yeah, so I'm not worried about it. I think Fermenting Lakes fans are all sensitive and soft anyways. Well, I'll speak for from Indian Lakes fans. I'm not sure that you can do any wrong, so I, I feel like you'll probably get pretty good reviews for about anything that you do. Thanks. Now, that being said, also asking for from Indian Lakes fans, are you working on new from Indian Lakes music? And if you are, are you able to give us any teaser statements as far as what to expect from a listener standpoint or what you're working on from a soundscape standpoint? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have plenty of new for many like songs that are kind of in a folder and I'm kind of picking at things and adding things here and there. I think I'm going in this, like every album kind of shapes my interests and where I think I haven't gone and where I want to go or what I think I can expand on. So definitely a little, like, I like the idea that I'm not really hearing I haven't heard anybody do. I kind of got into this weird thing where a song is like really grungy and like sort of dissonant in a way, but also very like uh, dreamy. Like mm. um, some of the bands that I grew up on that were super dreamy and ambient, but also like very punk and grunge. I kind of like where I've been going with 
the last couple albums in that way where maybe a distorted guitar and like dissonant chords and like maybe like singing that is trying to be beautiful in one way but also could be seen as like the melody maybe is like kind of gross or something i don't know i just like that and and something that you just know translates live to almost like a grunge vibe but it's being contained within this recording in like this different way so i I liked that stuff, and some of the songs I've been writing have been very much kind of in that vein, which that was the other thing that kind of was freeing about not signing to a label was being like, okay, cool, so I don't have to necessarily worry so much about what a label can work with. So if I write a bunch of weird, grungy, experimental songs that also are like oddly poppy in hook ways, like vocally, you know, like if there's all this weird stuff that people would normally say don't go together i don't have to sweat it because now i just have to give for many likes fans what they are interested in which apparently is all of that stuff so so as we're wrapping up we'd like to just give you an opportunity to shout out anything or highlight anything that maybe we haven't asked so that could be any music that you're working on that you'd like to talk about any music you're listening to any anything you're doing to pass your time in quarantine that you'd like to highlight or shout out just whatever you'd like to say this is kind of your chance to just highlight whatever you'd like uh maybe just because we're in this kind of situation we're in right now i could Shout out some homies that everybody could go support. I got uh, Nandi, her Half Wave album just came out, and it's amazing. It's so, so everybody good. should go check out Half Wave's new album. It's so perfect. Soren, who tours with me and sang on my album, she mm-hmm. has released music under her project Tummy Ache. Everybody should go check that out. Everybody should go listen to Queen of Jeans and support them. My friend Megan, whose project name is Lemelo, she sang on the album. She just put out music. Go listen to that. You know, all my homies, uh, big love to Justin and Rick and Chris and John and anybody who I would usually be on tour with, Trey, Jesus. I'm probably forgetting some people, but yeah, if you have any way to support any of these people, then now is the time because they're all music industry touring people and they're just chilling. So, yeah. Thanks for doing that, Joey. So, Joey, we just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to be able to talk to us. Honestly, I know this is like a weird thing maybe, but there's been birds going on in the background with you talking the whole time and it's just given me life. Like spring has just like penetrated my soul, these birds, and I just feel... I feel elevated, so thank you for talking to us, and as Andrew said, you're undoubtedly both of our favorite artists, and it was just an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for the support. I appreciate you guys. Right, that was our interview with Joey from from Indian Lakes, and we just hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, he doesn't do too many interviews or PR things, so we are so grateful that we have had the opportunity to talk to him about all things music and make sure that you're supporting him. That's that's our main purpose of this podcast: is support Joey. So reach out, support Joey. Make sure that you're buying merch. Uh, whenever he does start touring again, make sure to check out all that. Stream his 
music and and just Venmo him directly. You can find all that stuff at his socials. And also, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can like it, rate it, review it, all that fun stuff. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at LDLpod. And you can also email us at listening at gmail.com. Please email us uh, specifically because Nate loves reading all of our thousands of emails that we get every single week. And uh, we want to give Nate something to do during quarantine. Yeah, Andrew, you know, I'm one of those, I think there's two type of types of people in life. There's the people whose inbox daily, it usually ends on zero, you know. And then there's people whose inbox jumps from five to ten to the hundreds, maybe slowly creeps into the thousands. So on my personal email, let's just say there's a lot of unread emails there. Even on my work email, I try and kind of, this is bad. If <laughs> This is really bad. <laughs> if uh, you are Nate's employer, please don't listen to the next <laughs> sentence. But there's some emails that you know that aren't pressing for you or aren't pertinent for you. They are just a part of a chain or whatever. and Or you've heard the announcement somewhere else or it's a duplicate, whatever. And so maybe I have a few hundred email maybe piling up. Or maybe not a few hundred, just let's say a few emails. With our podcast email, I keep it at zero. I'm on top of it. Now, is that because on average we get less than one email a day? Maybe. You can be the judge of that. Or are we just that committed to reading and responding to emails? That's I don't know yet. <laughs> just email us. <laughs> just email us. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much again for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day. Do you want to talk on AIM later? Okay, sounds good. I'll be back. GTG. Uh, see you soon. Bye.